What up, what up, what up? Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. What's up with y'all art and bullshit family? This is James Geralds coming back with another episode of the podcast, Art and Bullshit Podcast for you guys. This episode, we switching it up a little bit. Um, I took some time to uh, put some questions out for you guys on Instagram and wanted to see what sort of things you guys wanted for us to do in this podcast, some things you wanted to cover. And uh, the family wanted a solo episode. So I did my best to uh, condense my artistic life journey within an hour. And uh, after reviewing it, I'm probably going to come back and do um, different episodes based on different chapters so you guys can have... um, you know, more of a uh, insight, but that would be a little further down the road and we'll sprinkle that in between, you know, the guests and everything like that. Once again, we appreciate you coming out to the Art and Bullshit podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for engaging and uh, all of your support. So without further ado, I'll lead you guys to episode five, James and the Giant Speech. This one's all me for you guys and uh, we'll be back next week with some more content. Peace. Welcome to another episode of the Art and Bullshit Podcast. I think it's episode six. We out here. We going strong. Happy uh, Easter if you celebrate that. Happy 420 if you celebrate that. Hold on. Let me let me get my shit right. Let me take a drink. All right. What's up, family? We in here. So, um... You know, first off, I wanted to give a shout out to everybody who's been listening, all of the art and bullshit family. You know, we appreciate you guys all around uh, the U.S., you know, everywhere from Washington, California, Indiana, Ohio, Nebraska, uh, DMV area, you know, Missouri, Florida. We even got uh, folks out in Germany. Shout outs to Germany. If you guys uh, peep it on Spotify, follow the uh, podcast. Go ahead, hit that support button. I believe we're not on Apple yet. I'm spamming them with emails, y'all. People hit me up. Hey, what's up? Why ain't you on Apple? What's cracking? What's with the business? Ah, yo, hold up. We're going to get there. As soon as they open the floodgates, we in it. So be patient. Keep it tight. Um, we got a little support button going down if you guys want to support and then, you know, I'll do something, give you guys an individual shout out on the air, might do some art little, you know, I'll figure something out like that. Uh, that's still in the works. We got some, uh, merch coming soon. You like how I said, we got a support button coming, then I'll give you a shout out, but then I'll have to figure out the rest. We're growing here, guys. You know how we do it. So. Um, This episode is going to be about me and my art history. We gave you guys, uh, you know, a few solid episodes. I wanted to give a little bit more uh, history by myself. Um, Also, oh yeah, I forgot to plug my book. Let me go ahead and plug my book, man. Let me get my shit off. I got your sound effects too. But anyway, uh, my book is called How We Got Here. You can... Search for it on Blurb, How We Got Here. If you go to my Instagram, James Geralds, it's in the bio. There's like a little link thing. And it's, uh, you know, it's a 
it's more of a catalog. It's it's actually no, it's not a catalog. It's a book. I wrote a book. It's about the journey, and we're gonna talk about some of that. Get into it, and I'll give you a bunch of stories that aren't in the book. Um, in this podcast, in this episode, episode, what is it? Something, whatever it is. Uh, all right. So where we start, guys? Okay. So in the beginning, I wasn't really the type of artist who just picked up the pencil, picked up the pen, went in. Nah, we weren't doing all that. My dad actually would draw, and uh, he would. He tried to give me to draw a cube, and he would call it a box. He would say, son, sit down. You know, I'm going to show you how to draw a box. And then he would draw two, uh, you know, squares, and then he would connect the lines, um, you know, on the angles. And then, boom, by out, you had a cube. Mm. After that, I remember, um, you know, he would draw like still life or not really still life but like you know look at things around the room and draw things like that in ballpoint pen it was always blue blue pen on like yellow paper I remember that vividly um and that was you know as a kid and when I uh when I really got into art was probably I started to dabble in it and this is tight I have to interview myself uh I I Started in in um, third grade, fourth grade. I met my homeboy John Her, and he was really a natural artist. Which is an interesting. Side note, tangent, real quick. We already starting off on tangents four minutes in. Uh, I've always met people who were natural artists, which is really, really, really interesting. So John was a natural artist. He would draw all types of stuff. Uh, we ended up getting cool, and we would go like to. Um, <laughs> to the corner store uh, to play video games. We always were in the Street Fighter and stuff like that. There was a liquor store we would walk to on the way back and forth to school. And it got so bad, we were playing, um, you know, they would have all the early fighting games there. They had, like, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. uh, And we would go before school, and one day we were late, and then they told the store we couldn't go there anymore. So they banned us. All right, so continuing on with art. Uh, so, you know, seeing my friend who was a natural artist, me not really being that same type of artist, I was like, okay, well, how am I going to get my shit off? And I, I remember uh, there was Game Pro Magazine and Earthworm Jim was a really cool video game back then that I enjoyed playing. Very hard video game. Shout outs to Earthworm Jim if you guys played it. You you know what's up. If you don't, uh, you could probably get it on an emulator PC or something like that. You can download. There's ways to play it. It's a great game though. It's like a action adventure shoot 'em up side scroll. Has cows in it, and he rides this rocket, and it's it's really crazy. It's tight. Um, so I drew a Earthworm Jim, and that kind of boosted my confidence up a little bit. And then later on, nothing really popped off in elementary. Junior high, I met this kid again who was like my ace homeboy in second grade. And then on a piece of paper, boom, he, you know, did some tagging. And it's interesting because, you know, I interviewed Nigel in the previous episode and he talked about that. So hearing people uh, and their fucking 
intro to art and how the graffiti is, you know, it's brought to you and it's like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. You open it up and, you know, like just seeing that that script, that the hand styles. So from there, you know, um, yeah, I started writing graffiti and kind of got into that and got into a bunch of trouble and then... <laughs> I gotta skip over that. Had to move to Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, and what was I like a junior in high school? Right? So I uh so I moved to Indianapolis, meet some friends, and then um, you know, we started like a little graffiti movement there, and it was just you know, it's it's weird because at that time my focus was solely on letters and there were people around who were doing, you know, we would call them characters, you know, because they, I guess, resemble, you can't say, some people, it's weird because you use the term characters and I would think cartoon characters, but that's not really all it was. Like if someone did like a girl and it looked realistic, they would still say that's a character, but... Um, we'll call them, you know, figures or characters was the term for lack of a better word. All the graffiti heads will kind of know what's up with that. So that was never my bag. I was always in the letters and I had friends who would do the characters and I was just never in the letters. Weird, right? Um, so we're progressing and it's like, okay, where's this portraiture stuff coming? Where is that? Okay. I think looking back, I always... When I was a kid, I saw Norman Rockwell stuff, and that's the only, you know, yeah, the Mona Lisa, but he was, like, the only person whose name I really kind of knew. But portraiture, yeah, it's, that wasn't something that, that I thought about at that time. You know, okay, so you're in high school, you're going through, you know, and, and it was like, Indianapolis was crazy, it was super cold, you know, you had to just get out and walk in the, in the, was like freezing, like, man, it'd be like, you know, 12 degrees there and you're out and, you know, you wrap your paint cans up so they don't freeze because if they freeze, then it's a bum mission and you just, you get out and get busy, um, you know, and I spent basically my, the latter part of my high school years dedicating my, my time to graffiti, um, my my two best friends at the time they had an art class at our school and uh once again I wasn't able to get in the art class so I would ditch my classes to go into their art class which was really crazy because I was ditching class to go in and uh kick it like but not kick it we would get on the internet and there was this website called art crimes and it had all the tight uh Writers. There was R Crimes and Scribble Mac had a um, a website too. Scribble Jam was this festival in Ohio where all the like the super top tier graffiti writers went. It was kind of like an invite thing, but then people would go too, and then they would get in, you know. And then they had MC battles, breakdancing battles. It was really a crazy time in hip hop. Late nineties is where we're at in the you know uh, in the time zone right now. Uh, so as long as you guys, I'm trying, you know, keep you guys with me. So we're in the late '90s, um, latter part of my high school years. Walls and Freights, we're doing a bunch of that. We're doing a bunch of both. Um, let's see. So then after that, 
I ended up moving to Seattle. And um, here, let's let's kind of backtrack because I got off of like art crimes and scribble mag, and I wanted to talk more about like the how art was from my perspective in the uh, like late '90s or whatever. Just getting into it. It's interesting because at that time there were a lot of forms like 12 ounce profit was really popping for uh you know like graffiti they had all these different forms you know if you were had pictures of walls and stuff like that and some people i yeah that that was just then popping and then they had a magazine also but uh and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong my my timing might be off uh as far as like which one came first but you know it's man that was so long ago so anyway the point in me um, even bringing this up was Yahoo was really lit, right? And <laughs> so there were all these Yahoo groups, man. And I was in this Yahoo group with a with a few different friends. And actually, the person who made the Yahoo group was uh, Andrew Severn's guest on, was it episode two? Official episode two. Um, so... Drew makes the group, and I got a chance to meet, you know, some really good friends out of that group. And it was interesting because we networked before we even really knew what networking was. So from there, I ended up meeting Carl. Um, I ended up meeting, you know, Tony, who, uh, you know, later I went on to make a lot of music with him and stuff like that. So from from that particular, you know, small tribe of people, a lot of my longtime friends kind of developed. Uh, and what, what came after that was when I moved from Indianapolis to Seattle, there were already people that I knew um, from that group. And so it was like, okay, you're already in it. Boom, you're in with these guys. You're kicking it. You know, you, they're, they're able to show you the landscape uh, as far as how this, how this kind of goes. Um, at this point, I still wasn't really into fine art. I did, however, procure some canvases from Michaels, and I did like graffiti style pieces on them with brushes and probably like Liquitex or base. Yeah, I think it was like Liquitex, uh, <laughs> like some soft body and hard body paint. You know, just different. Yeah, I, yeah, man, so yeah, I was wilding. Okay, so moving forward. Um, so at that point, we were in Seattle doing a few paintings. And it was interesting because I was in Seattle and I was working like a lot doing um, janitorial. And I was cleaning like seven nights a week. So I'd like work in the day, get off, go hang out with my friends, paint, and then go to work and then just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And uh, it's very interesting because you kind of get, you know, there there are so many. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what's crazy? Side story is Seattle is like the only place when I lived there. I had, uh, I was going to work one day, and this is I actually don't think I painted that day. I was just kicking it and was going. Never mind. We're not even gonna tell that story. All right, <laughs> moving on. I wish there was an edit button. Uh, if you see me in person, ask me to tell you about the Seattle story and, uh, this, they didn't get told on here and I will tell you in person, but I don't want that on, on there. Okay. So anyway, um, so we're in Seattle, you know, graffiti definitely, uh, meant 
a lot to me and I, I invest a lot of time in it. And I really didn't understand how it would pay off until I got older, not really financially, but I would say in learning uh, a lot of things about art, you know, and a lot of things about myself because when it comes down to it, you you know, it's a singular act and we do it for nothing but self-gratification. And, you know, I mean, like there's the fame aspect of seeing, you know, your own stuff, seeing your friend's stuff. And that's always beautiful. So back to the story of James. So we're in Seattle. Um, I moved back to Indianapolis for a little bit. And then during that time, I think that was the time when, like, I came back. I was still, you know, okay, this is probably 2000 and shit, mid-2000s. We'll just say mid-2000s. Give me that. I don't, man, all all this stuff. So I moved back to Indy for, like, a little bit. It wasn't even that long. Um and what's interesting is there were some friends that I had, shout outs to Javon, shout outs to Sly, uh, and those guys, uh, like I came back and it was like they were kind of in this little, they, they were kind of hanging out in the indie art scene. I was more focused on, you know, doing, you know, what I was kind of accustomed to. So I went around, looked, was just kind of like, eh. There, there was nothing that really stood out to me. Um, even though there were a lot of fine artists there, when I came back to Indy, there was like a whole mural movement that got uh, put into place on a few different levels, you know. Um, and we're gonna try to try to touch on that and get some get some of these guys out on the uh, podcast when we're out in Indy. But stay tuned for that. So anyway, moving forward, um, so boom, I moved back to Seattle, and I'm. And, you know, I click up with the back with the homies. We're paying again. And um, I had a good friend, Jelani, who introduced me to his good friend, Mike Wagner. Now, this moment is a moment that changed my life. This day was a day that would forever change my life in art. Or we'll say my perspective on, like, what I could achieve. Um, So the day... Was I don't even remember the day, but here's what happened. Mike, had, we we go to the show. He's like, "Hey, you want to go to my friend's art show?" So I say, "Yeah, we go to the art show." And the art show was at Sal's Barber Shop. You know how we get down, family. Blaze it if you got it. Um. So the art show was at Sal's Barber Shop. It was called Seattle Legends, and we get there, and uh, Mike had. He had painted a few different, uh, let's see, it was Paris Hilton, Ray Charles, uh, fucking Bruce Lee, I think Kurt Cobain, right? So this fool had like pizza there, he had like Perrier, he had like champagne, it was nuts. And I, I remember up until that point, never seeing oil paintings and the umbers, I, at that point, I called it brown, but it was really like burnt and raw umbers. He had a bunch of colors, but I remember seeing those colors and them standing out to me like, wow, why are they so vivid? Why are they, you know, oh, boom, that's oil paint. Woom, woom. So we formed a friendship, uh, and he's actually on the pilot, which the, oh my God, the 
Yeah, man, y'all, the terrible quality. But why had to put it out? Because, man, you know how we, we, get, it, we get it in. Um, so, even at that, okay, so, at that point, I had saw the stuff, but I really didn't know how to get, get there, you know, and then, um, shoot, fast forward to what happened next. Um, you know, one thing that I will say, like, about graffiti, though, is it definitely, it allowed me to meet some of the most fascinating individuals and have some of the most fascinating experiences that, um, you know, I could ever imagine the adventures and things like that. And, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely like a, you never know what's going to happen. Um, you haven't lived until you've like climbed up a light pole and watched your friend climb up and he kicked the transformer <laughs> and then sparks fly out all in the middle of the street and all the lights go out. <laughs> all the all the streets like all the street lights go out. Good stuff. So yeah. If you guys got that story, I hope so. Alright, um Okay. We're in Seattle right now. We're yeah, man. I mean, I think that I'm trying to think like what was the first piece of art because oh, I do remember seeing Chuck Close in Seattle. I remember seeing like he had an exhibit and they were really big into his stuff. Um, but the first, yeah, I man, it, when I was in Seattle, I didn't really, I didn't know. I knew that they had museums, but I didn't know like what was. I can't say that I didn't know what was in there, but I guess I was, wasn't really interested in fine art at that time. Um, and then I got a little older, and then, uh, huh, when, okay, so I painted the duck hunt when I lived in Indianapolis, so how did that work? Okay, chronologically, so... Oh, there we are. Okay, so I moved back to Indianapolis. Painted the duck hunt. There we go. Okay, so boom, moved back to Indianapolis one more time. Painted the duck hunt. Painted, uh, what was that other one? I painted the, the Fire Brother Mario, and that was with Drew. We put that on YouTube. Interesting thing about the duck hunt, though, is I actually painted that in my parents' basement. And I didn't know how to make things little, uh, look like pixels. So I used my ID card. <laughs> had a Washington State ID. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I had a Washington State ID at the time. And I used that to get the lines straight on that. And I was so excited that I did that painting. I, I said, hey, Drew, you know, I, I called Drew up. Hey, let's, hey Drew, let's, you know, let's get this, uh, this time lapse cracking. And, you know, Drew's always with, with the projects. Um, yeah, man, that guy. Drew is definitely, we got to go back and, and visit. Because Drew, when I first met him, he had like, he was, he's done a lot for the culture. He had like a, a website back in the day that was for graffiti and had message boards. And he, you know, had Indianapolis graffiti on there and stuff like that, which was real tight. Uh, moving forward, small bit info about my second, uh, or what, episode two guess. 
and we didn't get to that. So we did the Mario, we did the Duck Hunt before that, and then after that, um, I moved to California, and I was still doing graffiti. I was trying to draw, and I was really like, I was in my graffiti bag at this time. Like I was, I was on ten. Um, check my resume. <laughs> I'm joking with you guys, but if you are curious about graffiti and stuff like that that I have done back before I was retired, uh, it's in my book, and you guys can kind of see some of the stuff that I've done. Um, so, where were we at? Okay, so we moved to California. We were doing graffiti. And then I was trying to figure out, like, how do you... Because this was, this was a time where fine art was starting to really move and stuff like that. And I wanted to get... Um, Actually, no, nah, that's not why I'm, I had a kid, nigga. <laughs> Let's keep it a buck. I had a kid. I was like, fuck it. I can't, I can't even rock like that no more because I know how I get down. And then um, I was looking into find, like I started doing a bunch of self-portraits before that, probably like when I moved to California. I started doing a bunch of self-portraits and drawing random stuff. Boom, I'm a dad. Okay, well, let's kick in to, like, how are you going to, you know, do art and then get further in uh, in the books? Because, you know, I mean, at that point in time, I wasn't thinking, oh, well, you can go the mural route. I wasn't thinking I can go the tattoo route, even though I've had friends that have done very well for themselves in both. Uh, For me, it just, I don't know, it, it didn't fit. It wasn't that natural. It didn't click. There was something, I was looking for something that grabbed me. And I was looking online. Uh, fuck, I gotta tell this story. Damn it, oh my God. All right, so, you know, I tried to figure out how I could do it. And I couldn't just go to any kind of, I couldn't go to just any art school. <laughs> There's a few factors I had going against me. <laughs> oh man. Oh. So I had to figure out how to get our, you know, our education. And at that point, I um, I didn't know how to get it. So you get it however you can. Google was my best friend. Uh, I find the Academy of Art online because I guess they had. I was looking for something that wasn't the Art Institute because I had friends who went to the Art Institute. They were like, don't go to the Art Institute. Now, I'm not knocking it. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, I ain't even, we'll get to that in a second. I, I'm not knocking it by friends who were like, yo, save your money, just study, and you can you can make it that way. Uh, but, the, you know, um, so did I listen? No, I didn't listen. I ended up enrolling in the Academy of Art online. Now, I think here's where here's where we made that oh the light bulb moment. I was looking at their their course index, and they had like you know different things you could go for. So I was like, all right, illustration was one that I kind of narrowed it down to, and then they had a fine arts program. And once I saw them oil paintings, like. 
man, that was it. I said, this is what I want to do. Um, so I enrolled in that. That didn't work out. I just, I, it was weird. You know, they, there was like a five, there was a foundations program and then, um, yeah, like I, you know, they had us get these foam shapes and stuff like that. And I still have all that stuff and I've made better use of it now. But the thing is like, so, you know, the, the, we were doing things like analysis of form. We were doing, uh, we had to do like a portrait for the final. There's, you know, all the different still lifes and stuff. And there was all the stuff that was crammed into the first, uh, I don't know, it was weird. It was like it was crammed into one class, but in other places, a lot of that stuff seems to be separate. But whatever, that kind of that, you know, um, it kind of let me know a general, you know, path like this exists, but it wasn't anything. It wasn't like, okay, you're feeling it and... um and the reason I wasn't feeling it is because I didn't really understand. Number one, the whole, I don't, I figured out I don't do well in message board situations where I have to do something and then check a message board periodically because I'm real good at uh, typing something, leaving, and then not coming back for four weeks. And that's kind of, yeah, so it, I don't do well in those situations. And then... um it's weird because after like learning there and then learning later on, which we'll get to, it just, they didn't teach. Okay. I didn't know that you could push your drawings as far as you can. Like when I did the drawings that I did do, I got, you know, like B's and so like B pluses, A minus, you know, like, I don't know if that's a good grade or whatever, but it wasn't as informative as when I when I had instructions later on. So let's let's move on to that because yeah, that man, boy. All right, sore subject. Okay, so after that, um, or maybe during that, I don't know. A lot of the stuff kind of just is jumbled together. So how did I kind of get into showing art? Interesting story. Or maybe not. So one day I was um, I was at work, <laughs> and uh, I get a call from my cousin, and he had met someone who was looking for artists for a birthday party. There was Aesop from Living Legends was having a birthday party. So do you want to show some art? And I was like, Yeah, sure. So I um I ended up showing some art there. That was fun. And that was my first taste of art. But the thing is, is the art, yeah, I just, the painting that I painted to show their, it, that wasn't the place for that painting. And not that it was, it was this painting, um, it was called Corporate Monkey, right? <laughs> oh my God. So it was like, cause I was, I was getting out of the suit and tie era and it was like a monkey with a suit and tie on. And, you know, while that was, it was cool to show, uh, there was this guy who did a live painting there. And he did this lady with six arms. And I was just like, okay, that's a lot more appropriate for this venue. 
Then Corporate Monkey. So after that, I went into this, um, I went to a phase where I was trying to get, somehow I got invited to show uh, right up the street at Crazy Moon Studios. And um, I showed, I think, two paintings there. At that point, I was in a heart painting phase. I painted two of those. I think I ended up selling one and then one. I don't know what happened to that the other one. Uh, and that was the high. That was the that was really the hit of crack that led me to go and search for other shows, which led me to like other art venues. And then I found Broadway Studios and met Mike Howe. And uh, at this time. You know I'm hyped, and because uh, what's funny is he has the stu- he had at that time the studio that I have now. So I'm hyped, like, hey man, what's up? What's cracking? Uh, can I show you know in your in the building in your studio? Actually, I think I show in your studio. I'm not even gonna lie. And he was like, yeah, man, you know you can show in the hall. And I was hyped because the hall was community space, <coughs> and shit, we're in the building. So, um. I made six paintings, seven. Well, I made six. I had one that was for something else. And I, uh, yeah, that was like my first deal. And I had like two walls in Broadway at Art Hop. And, you know, I stood in front of the paintings and was proud of them. And, you know, it was a great experience. And that was like, oh, okay, wow, man, this is, what I thought was, you know, an art show. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, you're you're doing stuff. And if you check my blog and you go way back, you'll see it. It's like, okay, all right. It's pretty amusing. Oh, you so little. Um, so anyway, but it was a it was a huge boost of confidence and uh, a necessary stepping stone um, for me. And I've always said, you know, Given the opportunity, I would always want people to feel that same high from showing their art, that same sense of accomplishment that I felt at that time. Because, you know, coming from never showing or even thinking that you can be in a venue to boom, you in there and there's all these people and they're asking you questions. And yeah, man, it's a man, it's a it's a beautiful feeling. So which is interesting because it's kind of like. It's like the graffiti thing, but it's different because people don't ask you why you painted a piece. But I think the, the, we, I don't know, like, do, like maybe artists, we just, for some reason we do it because we want people to, you know, there's some sort of acknowledgement or appreciation or we want people just to appreciate our hard work or creativity or whatever, you know, we want to put into that. Um, so, you know, after that... Happened after that, man. Yeah, I kind of. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. So, after that, I got super, I fell off of art, y'all. Like, I fell off of art really tough, and I got into uh fighting games again. I started playing, playing fighting games competitively, and then um, I realized, like, I was like, okay, I'm never gonna, that's not my thing, like, I'm not gonna win first did anything so let me take my ass back to the easel and get back into art so at this time I get back into art and then uh start searching for shows again 
And then there's like this, there's like a show at the Banker's Ballroom. I did that and that was kind of cool. And you know what's interesting about live painting is because uh, it was live painting. And that was where I met James Martin at from episode number three. Sorry, it's, it's kind of hard for me to get all these. Yeah, right. Episode three. So I met James Martin there. That was pretty cool. He had like all of the, um, you know, the Day of the Dead. Uh, I don't even, man, my, my accent is trash. I'm not even going to do it, y'all. You guys will butcher me. <laughs> I got to learn Spanish. So it's like, dude, you're in California. Just get it. Man, I need to get Rosetta Stone. Hey, Rosetta Stone, you guys want to sponsor us? Y'all want to shoot me something? I will learn Spanish. Shout outs. Uh, but y'all ain't paying me yet, so no shout outs. Um, okay, so where were we at? Banker's Ballroom. So, meet James Martin. That was, I started this painting that I later sold. It was like an Eric Badu painting. I talk about that in the book. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. And then, um, I wonder if everything I say, we'll get to that in a second, we actually get to. You guys got to let me know. Or do I say we're going to get to that and then I just, we never get to it. But I'm trying to stay on course for you guys. So, navigate with me. Bear the uh, the seas. You know what I'm saying? I've been really into uh, Game of Thrones lately. I was going to say Ironborn, but I'm not really feeling those dudes. I don't know who I'm, who I'm rock. I, I do rock with little dude. Um yeah, that's my that's my folks. But uh, anyway, back to me and the artistic journey of James Drills. So, Bankers Ballroom, we did that. And then um, <laughs> this episode should be called All James's Business because now I'm just starting all the art business. Bankers Ballroom. Um, and then, did I do anything after that? Bankers Ballroom and... I was just kind of, you know, trying to find what I wanted to do as far as art. I know at some point there's a Fresno drink and draw and they have those at Peeves Public House and then Peeves Public House um, before it closed down, which was in Fulton in Fresno, California. And then um, that was where I first met Norberto and... Okay, let's finish the story. Okay, so because I thought about another story, I should have told. And then, okay, so anyway, so I, I meet Norberto. It, and what's interesting is it was drink and draw. They had these three models there, and they're posing. And I came in, and I'm drawing, uh, you know, in, I, and I had my little, uh, I had my little A-frame travel easel. <laughs> Freaking piece of shit. <laughs> So I had my, my A-frame travel easel, and I was a drawing, and Norberto has this fucking, he has this pochade box set up, he has this little minor helmet, like this little minor light on, this shine down on the paint so you can see it, and he just paints one of them, right? I'm trying to paint all three, let me, hey, we, fuck it, call me Ahab, right? So he just paints one. And it was just, he did the value, the light and the dark. And I was like, man, that's that, that's nuts. So I met him and then he said, yeah, man, I teach classes. And it was interesting because at that point in time, I wasn't, my spirit wasn't like humble enough to be like, hey, oh shit. Like I wasn't like, yo, bow down, teach me master. I was on some, is this dude like, why is he even saying this shit to me? Like, I don't, you know, I wasn't, my brain wasn't operating on that. So boom. If I was really smart, I would have jumped on that. But opportunity, gone. Uh, so 
oh, the story that I was going to tell was when I was at Art Hop, there were like, I, I do remember going into, you know, Nigel's uh, studio and then him having all these big landscapes and stuff like that. And what's interesting is, uh, yeah, man, like art is intimidating in the regard of I was into that stuff. And I don't know why I didn't talk to him. It's like you go in and I always wonder like, hey, you know, because you meet you as artists, we show it and we wonder like, how could people don't talk to us? But then when I've been in that situation and not talked to the artist, it never at that particular time, it didn't occur to me now how it occurs to me, you know, and I, I look at it a little different um, because getting some more insight into his work probably would have led me to starting off uh in this discipline a lot sooner so fast forward drink and draw you know there's a few of those around it was going on for a minute and that was a cool place to draw live models and things like that and um you know at one point i just realized like man you gotta get an art studio so i went down to broadway actually i was at work one day and uh the client was the, like, he was like the, shit, I don't know what he was. He was something like the head of the, the president of Arte Americas or vice president or some, something like that. He was like, hey, you should go over and talk to Reza at Broadway Studios in Fresno, downtown Fresno. So I go, boom, talk to him. And then I've had a studio there, res residency in Broadway for the last like two years, I think. It's definitely a, a great environment. So, um, you know, what's interesting is I worked there, out of there for probably five months, and then, hold on, backtrack. I move into Broadway Studios, I meet Nigel, and then Nigel, uh, Nigel Robertson, who was on episode, shit, what was the one before this? Five? Okay, trying to get it. Okay, who was on episode five? I meet Nigel, and, uh... Yeah, man, Nigel just off top. He was hella cool. He came in because I had some oil paintings of like uh, my nephews. And oh, yeah. Okay, man, let's, we got to go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. So um, <laughs> I got oil paint and I had acrylic paint too. So I like, okay, so. I'm taking you guys back because this is kind of, if we're going to do this, um, I don't know should we do this. Okay, fuck it. We, we've already started. So yeah, I had a bunch of oil paint and acrylic paint, like right after I got my kid, you know, I'd started to go on the canvas run. So I, I started really going in and, um, it was kind of after the Academy of Art because there was no painting in that. So I painted, um, a self-portrait, which was really, really bad, um, and I tried to do it in, you know, off a mirror. So I set, you know, the easel up and I was in the bathroom looking at myself and it was bad. It was so bad. Painted that. It's in the book. Really bad. You guys can, you know, check out the progression. And then, you know, I did a few different oil paintings. There's one of Red Fox that I really liked. And after I did the Red Fox, I was like, hey, you can paint portraits like this. It's not you know, super, super great, but you kind of can get the likeness down. So at that point, I realized that I had something. But my self-portrait was so 
didn't look like me. You know, the red, yeah, it was, yeah, the red fox kind of reassured me that I could do it. Because if I, man, if I didn't pull that one off, it, I was probably going to do something else. So, you know, I had a bunch of oil paints from then. And then, um, fast forward. And I, because I was talking about uh, the whole Nigel thing. And the reason I, you know, wanted to reference the oil paintings because when I met him, he had saw, you know, the oil paintings that I had done um, before I met him. And I also went to a class uh, that was taught by Sean Barber for a day, like an a la prima class. I talk about that in the book, too. So a lot of this stuff I talk about the book, so I'm kind of going into detail on some stuff that's not in the book. I'm trying to give you guys, if you have the book, um, a different context. And if you don't have it... There are things that, you know, you can connect and you still get an overall picture of, you know, my artistic journey. Um, so Nigel saw the paintings and he was like, hey, you know, these are nice paintings. Um, I got some stuff that you could probably use. I'll never forget that. He said, I got some stuff you could probably use. And I had no clue what it was. And Nigel hooked me up with bark plates. He he gave me, you know, these Charles Bark drawings and he kind of told me, like, hey, get some tracing paper. Hey, you know, get uh, some string that has to have a plumb line, you know. And uh, if you need to, you can uh, shoot me some uh, picture messages and I'll correct them. It was it was hella cool, man. Nigel, man, that motherfucker. Shout outs to, man, listen, y'all. Shout outs to Nigel. Shout outs to the Vatican. Stand up, dude. So, um, he hooked me up with that, and then he, um, he hooked me up with this anatomy book that was, like, artistic anatomy that he had got from Florence Academy. So, you know, I felt like I was really ready to go. So I started working on the bargs, and, you know, I learned about Stedler pencils and, uh, you know, Canson, uh, you know, paper and, um... Using better paint and better materials and just how, how important that is. Because, you know, when I was friends with Mike, we never talked about fine art. All we ever talked about was kicking it and kicking it. You know, it was, yeah, it was it was really, really weird. Uh, so at this point, you know, this was my time where I got a chance to really delve into, you know, what was going on. And then dude was like... Nigel's like, hey, have you ever been to the Hagen Museum? And I'm like, the what museum? So then he tells me about the Hagen Museum. And uh, so I go out to, I go out to the, uh, the Hagen, which is in Stockton, Sacramento. Wonderful museum. And, uh, you know, I looked up what they had online and word around the campfire was they had a Bouguereau painting there. And at this point in time, like, I was really feeling, really feeling Bougaro. So I go out there, and what I didn't know was the museum was currently being renovated. So there's no Bougaro. Um, I talked to the ladies, and they're, you know, they were explaining to me. So then I come back to Fresno, and I was on their social media and I said to uh, I said to him, you know, hey, I came out there to see the Bougaro and I, it wasn't there, you know, and I was super bummed out. And, um, you know, the director reached out to me. Shout outs, big shout outs to Susie from the Hagen. Susie from the Hagen reached out to me and let me know, like, hey, everything will be back. We're, you know, doing a, um, 
what you call it, we're doing the renovation. You know, slide back through and here's when it'll be done. So I was able to go back when it was when it was done. And I'm getting I'm kinda of jumping forward from me going the first time to me going the second time. Cause going the first time I saw the like JC Linedecker and he had man, he has phenomenal not only oil paintings, but his technique was just phenomenal in his brushwork. And uh you know, I, think, I believe they have a Renoir there too, and they have uh, Albert Beardstadt. He has he has a lot of fantastic landscapes out there. So when I went the first time, they had really cool paintings. But when I went the second time and saw that Bouguereau, man, that man, it was man fantastic. And then around the corner, they have the Vibert exhibit and. Seeing the red portfolio was like a life-changing experience for me. Because uh, it's, man, it's it's the perfect painting. Like, I just, I love it. Um, the, the level of craftsmanship, it just, yeah, it touched me. So, um, back to, so we're going to flip back to me getting the Bargs. So, I got the Bargs, and uh, I'm doing the Bargs. And, yeah, man, I mean... You know, from that stuff, I kind of learned the whole sight sizing thing. And I think it's weird because painting my nephews, like I did some, I did paintings before I met Nigel. So I kind of was learning intuitively, but then, you know, like, okay, here's how you do it. So then um, that stuff really helped out. And then Norberto moved back into Broadway Studios. Shout outs to Norberto Ramirez, um, who's another fantastic oil painter. Hopefully we'll have him on one day. Uh, great conversation. Um, and Norberto, he um, actually, I, that's how I got into, because Nigel playing air paints with Norberto, it's funny because they're like the, they're like a dynamic duo sort of deal. And then, you know, I, Nigel was good. He when I met him, he was getting out of art and getting into framing. So Norberto was still painting, and then I got Norberto to kind of take me as a student because I was like, man, I I have to get the game however I can get it. And these guys are high level uh, painters. You know, they're kind of they're doing it. You know, um, and and what did Raekwon say? Before you're a general, you got to be a soldier. So you know. I was able to learn, we did some plein air painting, um, and we painted a few still lifes together, and then after that, I just, you know, I would paint by myself, and then every time you would see it, it's like, hey, you know, you're taking the information, using it, and, and really applying it, making, using color to make form turn, and then, you know, later on, uh, and then in drawing and stuff, I really got to understand, you know, or start, because I still don't really you know, I'm still learning it, and I don't I fully understand, but I'm kind of, you know, whatever. Um, but what I was going to say before I start all the gibberish and self-doubt was the that light describes form and shadow describes atmosphere. So, you know, that was something that in cast drawing, I really attempted to apply in order to make them, you know reach out and stuff like that um so yeah you know doing still life paintings 
and landscape paintings um, and portraiture, those are kind of, the that's the juggling act I have going on right now. Um, I'm working on, let's see, one, two, three, four, wait, one, two, three, four, five paintings, I guess. So I need, to, I should probably wrap those up. Uh, but yeah, there's a, yeah, I mean, art is a, is a very tricky thing. So a little bit about me outside of art, but oh, let's talk music. That's pretty good. What do I like? Um, me interviewing me is the greatest or the worst. I don't know. Y'all let me know. Okay. So music, um, musically, I like a lot of everything. I mean, my first two tapes were Guns N' Roses and Belle Biv DeVoe, uh, Poison. <laughs> so I like, you know, um, I like that November Rain. Shout out to November Rain and Axel, man. You, you, Axel, you broke my heart. But still slashes that nigga, so y'all held it down. Uh, anyway, what else do I like musically? I like Sade. I like a lot of Sade. Everyone likes Erica Badu. Um, everyone likes Lauren. Okay, let's not do that. Let's do right now what I'm bumping right now. Let's get to the shits. Uh, Two Chains, the fucking rapper go to the league. I like that a lot. Uh, West Side Gun, The Fourth Rope, that's really good. Um, oh, The Bun B, Stack Selectus, Trill Static, that's real good. Your Old Droog, he just dropped some fucking fire. His album is, man, oh my God, that shit is bananas. He got this joint where he go in, he does this Eddie Murphy joint. Oh, that, I had to rewind. I said, man, I did I had to run that back. Um, let's see what else have I been bumping. Mm, I still, you know, I still go back to the classics. Hove, I got a Jay Z playlist that keeps me, keep me going. Um, bump, I bump a lot of. Uh, I've been bumping King Tubby some dub lately. You know what's interesting is I go in these waves because sometimes I'll go. You know, I, I'm always a hardcore Wu Tang fanatic, so it stays sprinkled in. There's there's at least some kind of ghost array every day. Maybe some Dipset. Maybe some more Chiba. Sometimes I'll slow it down. Um, what else? Oh, that Anderson Pac. That's really good. That's new. He got that Smokey Robinson on there. I really like that. We're going to get a soundboard, you guys. And then I can have all types of cool sound effects. Because um, I'm definitely brainstorming on this stuff. Um, so, yeah. A lot of music floating around in my head right now, and we're keeping it going with what else do we like? I'll tell you what I like is old school shit, too. You guys like funk? You guys like Bootsy Collins? You guys like Marvin? Everybody likes Marvin. My homeboy told me uh, I was going to start a fight. I, I asked him who's better, Marvin or Al, and he's like, yo, man. So, yeah, at this point, I just have to give you guys some some musical you know, stuff, because you might not know. You might not be up on, hey, let me bump that that Drew. You might not be on, hey, let me bump that. Go back and bump that more Chiba antidote. Get that in your life. Excuse me. So, you know, some of my favorite artists, I think, 
what's interesting about art is I always ask people that and I want to see what they'll say. Some people say nobody inspires them. Some people have like this long laundry list. And I would definitely have to say I'm the latter instead of the former. Um, you, back when I used to write graffiti, it was cool because my friends would kind of inspire me and it was always like this race to see who could be the most original and things like that. Um, but you know, now looking into art, I'm inspired by, you know, all the old masters. I can't say all of them because I do definitely have my favorites, but if I was gonna name like five old and five new people, um, let's see, old. Rockwell, um, Bouguereau, V-Bear, um, I fuck with Sergeant. Um, but then now it leaves me one. See if it's the Sergeant get on the list. Hold on, man. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Sergeant, wait, 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 hold up. Let's start over. Okay, we're starting over. Bouguereau, Rembrandt, V-Bear, Norman Rockwell, and who's the last one? Ooh, uh, Sergeant, are you making the cut? I'm going through my art index right now. It's either going to be Sergeant or, fuck, I don't know, Michelangelo's kind of that nigga, though. Huh. They might have to arm wrestle for that one. Um, newer artist, I like Travis Louie. Travis Louie is raw. That's, man, that, even though, like, that's, it, if you looked at my work, it definitely doesn't even, you know what I'm saying, no kind of, but, man, that, that, that man, yeah. Okay, uh, Travis Louie's pretty good. Um, you know, I like Kahende, I like Fahamu, I like uh, Jazz Knight, I like uh, Jules Arthur, um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of people who are putting in work. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Lipking's pretty sick. Uh, you know, there's a lot, man. Like, what's yeah, man? Todd M. Casey, uh, Tony Serenai, um, Wavy Crockett, aka Edward Manoff. You know, uh, yeah, there's a bunch. I really like. It's weird because I like people who do all of the things that I do. So like landscapes, I can appreciate that. Still Ice, I can appreciate that. Uh, portraiture, I can appreciate that. Oh, man, shit. Carl Dobsky, Sean Barber. I know I listed a lot more than 10 because I was supposed to do five old and five new, but fuck it, it's my show. I make the rules. Um, but yeah, so those are definitely um, some of my favorite artists, you guys. Mike Wagner, Jason Profont. You know, like Nigel and Norberto, I, I'm really into their shit when they, you know, when they get in their bag. Um, but yeah, you know, it's art's one of those things where it's an ever-evolving craft and form. And, you know, I need to get more. Uh, for me, it's like getting, there's, I have a bunch of ideas, but I want to get the fundamentals out of the way before I actually get to the ideas that I have in the tuck. Um because, you know, if you can't paint a bottle, how are you going to paint, you know, some sort of miraculous scene with a table and a bottle? But I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. I don't know. Uh, there's nothing harmful in trying, which is, should be the model of some artist. I'm trying to be philosophical here. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But, yeah, that's, I guess that's how I've made all my art. I've never really known, you know, and I've just jumped into it and 
hopefully this comes out. Sometimes the shit's trash and sometimes it's okay and people like it, I guess. But, you know, um, I really wanted to make this particular episode so you guys get more insight into me and my artistic journey and the lily pads that I've jumped across to kind of get here and, you know, the scorpions that I've dodged to make it this far and the treachery and all of that good stuff. And hopefully it was entertaining. Thank you guys for being a part of the art and bullshit family. Um, don't forget to share, like, subscribe. If you want to support and look out, that'd be tight. I'll give you a shout out. Or you could buy some art. That would be way much more. So, you know what? Fuck that button, nigga. Buy some art or the book. You know that? We keeping it real. We keeping the buck. Um, support local arts. Even if you don't buy art from me, buy from somebody, you know, that you see who's trying to make it. And, you know, um, yeah, because there's, there's abundance, man. And there's enough for us to all get it. I appreciate you guys coming out, art and bullshit family all across the world. Um, this is James Geralds broadcasting live from Fresno, California. And once again, we, uh, we out of here. Over and out. Peace.